That's I'm up here today, but you know what? This this is good for me. It's good for you. Amen. We all need to be stretched, pushed beyond what we enjoy doing. <laughs> Amen. But no, you know what? If if you are here and you do not own a Bible, we would love to give you one. Pastor, every week we go with we never go without hearing that we need to get in the word. We need to be in the word. We need to be studying the word eating that word so we can get it deep down in the roots of our heart amen so if you don't own a bible raise your hand up to ushers make sure you get one amen amen why don't you all stand with me this morning get your bible in your hand let's get it in the air it's another thing i love pastor does it week in week out it's not just to waste time it's not to watch the clock go by we do things over and over again why because we create great habits this helps us create a great habit right amen so repeat after me this is my bible I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I have an open mind and a teachable spirit. And from this moment on, I will never be the same. Shout it out. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord one more hand. Amen. Amen. Last few weeks, you know, when Pastor told me I was preaching... And I gave him my reasons why, and then he proceeded on to say, okay, good, you're good to go. So, you know, he's, you can tell him what you want. It's like talking to the wall. It doesn't matter. You're going to do it. <laughs> so, you know, when I first got to this, I was like, man, I went home. I had my Bible open. I was going through a hundred different things, you know, and I was kind of tripping out. Oh, Lord, what am I going to speak about? What am I going to speak about? And then I finally went, you know what, forget about it. you got a few weeks to go just... Let the Lord drop something in your heart. Don't don't worry about it. You know, the Lord the thing the Lord gave me is when I f- first hit me, and the reason He gave it to me was because He's speaking to me. You know, the Word of God applies to us all, but I'm speaking to me today, and you guys can join in with me. But what I want to talk about is love, a real thing, not a phony thing, not a washed-up thing, not a thing that's just spoken, but it's a real thing. So if you turn into uh, the book of Ephesians, let's just get going on this, amen? Ephesians, the fourth chapter and the first verse, says we need to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. We need to walk worthy in the vocation wherewith we're all called. Each and one of us, each and every person on the face of the planet has a calling God's given them. Some people who are not in church, it doesn't matter. They still have a calling. God's given each and every one of us a gift and a calling. And each and every one of us need to walk worthy of that. Amen? We need to walk in it with lowliness and meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Forbearing, we need to bear with each other, to endure, to hold each other up. Amen? Verse 3, it says we need endeavoring to... to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Man, we need to be diligent diligent um, in keeping unity. Amen? You know, it's a pleasure and it's an honor to be in this house where you come in here, I don't feel strife. You don't feel a lot, uh, a lot of people are upset with each other, bickering, a bunch of envying going on. You know, it's, it's awesome. When you have that atmosphere in the house of God, it opens the door for God to move and do the things that He wants to do. Amen? It's hard for God to accomplish things he wants to accomplish when his people are fighting with each other, upset with each other, sitting across the aisle staring people down. You know, <laughs> I'll just, I've told on myself the last two services, I'm just going to tell on myself again, cause, but I'm past that. God's delivered me, and I'm, I'm moving on. Amen? But you know what? 
that's the thing. Don't get caught up in our mistakes and let the devil keep you where you're at. Because if he can keep you focused on your problems and things you have to struggle with, he'll keep you exactly where, you're, where you need to be. And when, we can't be a threat to the kingdom, you know, of darkness. But, you know, if we can, uh, you know, I had a brother here that goes to the church here. And when I first started coming here, I kind of have a tendency to sit back and kind of watch people and kind of look at them, see what they're about. And I started watching this guy, and I'm like looking at him. He started looking at me. And next thing you know, I'm like, my wife's like, she notices I get this look. And I'm like looking at him in church. Go figure that one out. Yeah. She's like, what? What? What do you? What's wrong? There ain't nothing wrong. She goes, I see you're staring at somebody. There's something wrong. And I'm like, we're in church. She's like, we're in church. I'm like, oh. I'm looking at this guy, he's looking at me, and in my heart, I'm starting to go. I'm starting to get these imaginations about this guy. I don't know this guy from nobody, but he's staring at me hard. And I'm getting upset in my flesh about it. And I'm sitting in church, and I'm just like, wait a minute, what are you doing? I don't know this guy. Never met him. Just seen him. How does that, how does that edify the body of Christ? How do, how, I mean, how can I witness to somebody, turn around right after that, and go off and preach the love of Jesus someone when I sat in church and I was looking at some guy and he's looking at me and because he was looking at me I'm getting all upset in my flesh I'm letting my flesh take over right you know obviously you know I got to know the man I, I started pushing myself in these five minute breaks and not going to the people that I know and run over to Pastor Tom and Marty Brother Mike and Todd and you know these guys I, I forced myself to go over and see this guy you know, and that right there started breaking things in my heart that I had carried for years, just from old things. You know, we we have a tendency, if we're not careful, to carry baggage around with us. Amen. But you know, that's that's not the the perfect will of God is for us to walk around carrying all this luggage behind us and all this past. You know, it's hard to move forward when you're dragging a bunch of weight, and that weight will, you know, if your leverage ain't right, it'll just draw you right back to where you were. Amen. So I had to have a heart change. I've been born and raised in church. I, I used to, my dad would look at me in church growing up and look in my eyes and took me and right after church said, son, that's malice. I'd be sitting in church staring people down. <laughs> As a little kid, you know, it's like my dad would be like getting all over me. But, you know, it's, that's not a good example. That's not a good example of the love Christ has for us. Amen. So with that, and I'll move down to the first, uh, verse 32. In Ephesians, it says, Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Man, see, God been speaking to me about compassion. I need to have compassion for other people. Not just the people I like, people I want to hang out with, or somebody, you know, gave me a little pat on the back. That's my buddy. You know, that's the world system. You know, their their thing is they love you, but when something better comes along, you're, you're, you're back there. You're, they're gone. You know, um, it's really easy to speak the words, amen? Each and every one of us knows how easy to say, hey, I love you, man. Love you, Mike. Awesome, bro. But, you know, if my actions don't meet up with my words, I'm just speaking empty words. And I'm going to be held accountable for the words that I speak, especially if I'm speaking them, but I don't really mean it in my heart. Amen? But we need to be compassionate to other people. We need to start looking at other people through the eyes of Jesus, not the eyes of the old man. Because, see, when we look through our own eyes, we got filters in our eyes, don't we? Sometimes we see what we want to see, kind of like uh, interpret things the way we want, you know. Brother Jim be staring at me sometime, and I'll be like, he gets real intense looking. He gets, you know, he, he gets things on his mind, no, even just at work. And he'll be sitting there, and he'll be staring, and I'll be in my mind. It's like going, what's that man thinking? What's he thinking, you know? But you, got, you, got to, you just got to constantly guard your heart. 
Because someone might be just sitting there and they're thinking about the Lord maybe speaking to them, but yet you can be looking at them thinking, well, that person's not very friendly. Look at that face. You know, I have a tendency, I've been told a time or two, yeah, I might be a little serious looking sometimes. I might just kind of, I don't understand it, do you? I don't either. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's an area I'm really having to work on. That's my area. I've got to really watch, and I've got to really work on the fact, what am I portraying to others just by my face, just by how I look? I may be thinking about something, but if I'm really serious, someone else might look at my face and think, that guy's ticked off. I may, I may not be ticked off, but that's not the point. The point is, what am I portraying? What am I giving out there to the world? How can I really show the, the world that I'm different than they are when I look just like they do, I act like they do? Maybe my, my emotions are the same. So, man, I, I, God, I don't know how God talks to you. But he talks to me pretty straightforward, kind of like I'm talking right now. Sometimes it's a little harder, you know. I was uh, on my way to Costco last week running some errands. And I was in a hurry, had to get to another stop, you know, in a big hurry. Come out of Costco, and I'm booking right along, you know, and I'm, I'm going through my mind about speaking about love, how we're supposed to love other people, and, you know, we need to put ourselves behind and help somebody else out that's in need. And as I'm thinking this stuff, I look over, and here's a lady in a wheelchair with a cart trying to get this stuff in her car, and I'm like, man, thinking she needs help, and I keep walking. And I'm like, I stopped, I did, I stopped, and I was like dumbfounded, I didn't know what to do, I'm like, what an idiot, man, here, you're, you're getting ready to come up and preach this stuff to people, and you're going to walk by this woman, what's wrong, and I normally, my wife can tell you, I'm kind of a, I may look gruff, but I'm, I'm kind of a tender-hearted dude, um, kind of, sometimes, you know, <laughs> every once in a while, <laughs> tender, to oh, great, here we go, <laughs> Pastor T.T., <laughs> amen, but you know, it really, it really did. It kind of, it kind of pierced my heart and made me look at myself and go, you know, you, you want to talk to people about the stuff that you know I've given you to speak about love, which everybody you know thinks love. That's just simple. Love's probably one of the hardest things there is to overcome, that to get down in you, isn't it? Because we constantly are, if stuff's coming at us, it's going to test your love. It's going to test the true love that we really need to have for God. Amen that really hit me hard and I stopped in my tracks and I was like in my mind I repented Lord man I'm letting myself get so caught up in my thing what I'm doing where I'm going I'm gonna let this lady try to unload it so I just walked over says ma'am can I help you with this today she was just like yeah so I helped her got about my business when I was done but you know it was like those little things God's watching us God's watching us. We say, oh, I love my brother. And then he's going to go, well, what about that lady at Costco that you looked at and you told me she needed help, but you just kept going? How does that portray to people out there? Is that really the love of God? No. See, that was just me and my own little getting caught up in myself and what I was doing. But we need to be aware of what's around us. We need to be aware of who's out there. There's somebody out there that God may throw in front of you that needs you. And if we aren't paying attention, we'll miss it. I don't want to miss it because I don't want to stand before him someday. And I'm like, Lord, I, man, I gave you everything. And he's going to go through and go, okay, what about this day? Where do we start, Tony? <laughs> Let's just call it good. <laughs> Amen. So, you know, love, love, it's a real thing. Amen. Let's go on over to Romans chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. It says, let your love be without dissimulation. 
dissimulation. I was looking that up. That means we need to have a love that's undisguised. No hidden agenda. It's a real thing. Amen. So we need to make sure when we're portraying love, we're not just portraying our love in words. Because words are just that. You can tell when someone tells you something, they're just saying it to you. They don't really mean it. Amen. But God's telling us that we need to have that love undisguised, real, a pure love, the love that Jesus had. You know, Jesus came to this earth, what, that we might have life and life more abundantly. I mean, he sacrificed his full life for each and every one of us. Everybody on the face of this earth that was, came before us and has gone on after us, he died. He gave the ultimate sacrifice for each and every one of us. Amen. He laid down his life so that we might have eternal life. So we need to let that love be undisguised, make it a real thing. And we need to also abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. We need to be glued to it. The things that are good, the things that are of God, we need to glue ourselves, attach ourselves to it. If we don't know what to do, we get caught in situations day in and day out. A lot of times we go look in the wrong places. But the Word of God has an answer for every situation in our life. Amen? It is the blueprint on how we're supposed to live our life. So if, you, if we ever have any questions on it, we need to get in the Word. If we don't know where to look, there's people around us that can help us, lead us and direct us, and put us in the right path of where we need to go. Amen? So really, there's no excuse for us because if we don't know, somebody else does. There's people. That's why God put people around us. Amen? We can draw off each other. Amen. So verse 10, we need to be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. You know, honoring each other and preferring each other, that's a sacrifice to ourselves, sacrifice to our own wants, our own needs. You know, it's really easy to get caught up in what I need, what I want, when I want it. I want it now. I don't want to wait for it, you know. But, you know, sometimes we've got to set our own feelings aside. We've got to set our own wants and needs aside that we might let our brethren go before us, lift them up. You know, the Bible tells us if what we let make happen for others, God's going to make happen for us. You know, and there's a lot of times I'm like, Lord, man, I've been a faithful tither all my, all my life. I've been in your word. I've been in the you know, in your way most of my life. And, uh, Lord, I don't understand why I'm not getting, getting anywhere here. I don't know why I'm not getting anywhere. The Lord's like, well, when you learn to obey me and you learn to get in my word and you learn to operate the way you're supposed to operate, then maybe you'll see some victory in your life. He's telling me, he says, you know what, you can't be professing my name, but you don't love your brother. You ain't portraying the love that God has for you to the other people. If we can't love other people, we're stuck right there. We're stuck. We're going to be stuck in that moment until we get it. And it's not always other people. <laughs> Sometimes you want to believe that, but it's not always the truth, right? <laughs> Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. We need to be giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. I, that's, that's where we got it. Each and every one of us are in the ministry. You say, well, I'm not a staff person. No, we're all in the ministry. Each and every one of us, every one of us are called to proclaim, let me try that one more time, to proclaim, proclaim the goodness. I can't talk today. We're all called to spread the gospel. Let's just get it where I can speak it. <laughs> Amen. 
Every one of us are ministers of the gospel. Every one of us should be able to be sharing the word of God with other people that we know need it. There's people around us dying that don't know Jesus. Eternity, spending an eternity separated from God. None of us want that for anybody. I don't. I don't want that to happen to anybody. But saying that and living that, that's two different things. Amen? So I've got to start looking at people the way God looks at them. Because we don't always see people the way God sees people. We have a tendency to look upon the out, outward appearance of a person. Sometimes we'll look at them and start getting our own preconceived notions by what we see, how they dress, how they talk, how they act. That's not how God sees. God looks beyond that. He looks right into the heart of man. Only God knows the heart. So I can't look at the outward appearance of a person. I've I got to try to see into their heart like God sees them. You know, we are all made in the image of him. Amen. So why is it we shoot people down? When we do that, are we not shooting God down? We are, we are created in his image and his likeness, amen? So we need to make sure, and I know myself, I have to really make sure that I'm not giving any offenses because sometimes that happens. But I've got to really be on guard and be on watch and make sure I'm not doing anything that's going to hinder what God's trying to do, Amen. It says, but in all things, we need to be approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, and in distresses. In all things, approving ourselves as ministers. That's all of us. We need to be approving ourselves. We need to be walking that walk, talking it, living it, breathing it, sleeping it. On a daily basis, asking God, Lord, Lord, soften my heart that I will love your people like you love them. Because it's really easy not to love people. That's the easy thing to do, just to go on and not care, live in our own life, you know, our own sheltered little circle, our own little box that we have that we build and only let certain people in. That's easy to do. And this right here, these next scriptures kind of give me an indication it's not easy. But it says, but in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, and in fastings. You know, there's a lot of stuff up there that's pretty tough, and most of us have never really even gone through any of them. And stripes is, I've never been beaten because I love Jesus. Never been put in prison. Uh, been, I fasted. Fasting's that, that, that alone in itself will test you right there. Amen? So having to love people while you're fasting? Mm-hmm. Amen. Because you know, when that belly starts talking and you, and you know you can't, you're not going to eat something because you told God, all right, Lord, I, I, I need to hear from you. I'm going to fast. Right off the bat, someone's going to come in your life that's going to test you. And because I'm fasting, don't give me the right to look at him and go, you need to back up. I haven't eaten in two days. <laughs> because right now, I'm not hearing nothing from God <laughs> except for my stomach. Amen. <laughs> so you know these scriptures these scriptures tell us you know love ain't an easy thing if it, if it was so easy we'd all be doing it amen it is simple in in its own nature but it really it's it's a complete lifestyle that we have we have to give up ourselves for the benefit of others that we that we might love people as jesus loved them amen it says in verse six is by pureness by knowledge by long suffering by kindness by the holy ghost by love unfeigned. That's a love that there's no hypocrisy in it. It's a true love. 
It's a love spoken straight from the heart, comes straight from Jesus himself. A love that's unfeigned. There's no agendas to it, nothing. I mean, it's a love that God has. That's what we're all striving to get to. And, you know, I think a lot of things in our lives that we're all dreaming for, setting goals for, and hoping for, I think they'd come to pass in our lives a lot sooner if we'd learn how to love people and give ourselves wholly to other people. Amen? And I know that's why there's areas in my life. I'm growing. I'm still growing. I'm not going to stop growing because if I stop growing, I might as well just have Pastor Tom dig me a six-foot hole and dump me in it because if we don't want to grow, we're dying, you know. And with growth comes pain. Amen? First uh, Timothy 1.5, I didn't give you that one, but uh, it says, Now the end of the, of the commandment is charity, out of a pure heart, a good conscience, and a faith unfeigned. There, there's that unfeigned again. No, faith without hypocrisy. Same thing. No, no agenda in your faith. Love and faith, all that stuff, that all ties together, doesn't it? Sometimes we have to have faith to love people. We have to step out in faith. God will meet you when you step out. Amen? Amen. First Peter chapter 1. Let's go to verse 22. It says, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love. There it is again. Obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Fervent, fervent heat. It's hot. Hot, hot, hot. Hot heat. Not just a, I mean, when I first met my wife, I knew the first day I seen her. Because that was all that was in my mind was that woman right there. When I saw her, it was like, hey, baby, what you doing? And, of course, you know, I had to keep her off of me. I mean, I was, was, <laughs> I did. I, I pursued her with a fervent, fervent love, man. I was after her. I, want, I wanted her. I didn't want no one else to have her. She was mine. She didn't know it yet, but she was mine. I was taking that. That was mine. You know, see, we, 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 we chase the things of, of the flesh, of this world that we have. But why, why is it when it comes to God and his word and the true love of him, why, we need to have that same passion. That passion needs to be for him, right? Amen. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Mm. You know, of all the things I was going to preach about this week, and I had a lot of stuff, and there was some stuff I thought was pretty cool. It was good stuff, you know, deep words and all that. But it was just like the love. It just kept, it just stayed with me. And mostly because that's what I need. I need to hear it. I need to hear it just as much, if not more, than a lot of the people. But, you know, I'm never going to go past the point I'm at where God wants wants me to be, the giftings and the callings that I have, just as you guys have. I'm never going to pass this, this position that I'm at in my life unless I learn how to love without all my own agendas. But I love the way Christ loves his church. Amen? Loving your brother don't mean you're a sissy. It's easy to hate people. Just... Just stop caring. It's you know if you're if you're a fish swimming, it's easy just to go downstream, ain't it? Everything flows downstream, but it takes some painful effort to move against that flow, doesn't it? It's the same thing in this. We got to be constantly moving forward in that area, man. Let's go to Matthew chapter five, verse forty-three. 
says, now here we have Jesus. He's speaking. He's doing his Sermon on the Mount. He's speaking to the multitudes here. <clears throat> and it says, ye have heard that, if, that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Isn't that kind of the way the world is? Let's love your neighbor, but, you know, your enemy, let's hate him. Because they're our enemy. They're the foe. They're, you know, they're, they're against us. So we, come on, let's, let's hold them back. Yeah. But if you go to the next verse, it says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. Well, I don't sound right. If you're, th if you're thinking in, in, in the, the fleshly terms, that don't sound right, does it? Well, well how come, why do I got to love someone that hates me? It's, it's easy to hate someone that hates you. That's, that's the way Satan wants us to go. Get caught up. Well, I'm justified. No. I've made that statement before when I was younger. I'm justified. That guy can't stand me, so I don't have to like him either, and he can stay away from me. The Lord said to me then, like he says to me now, he goes, that's not what my word says. My word says you're supposed to love them irregardless of how they treat you. You don't have to let them control you. And they shouldn't. Someone doesn't like you, that shouldn't control you. Amen. We should still walk in love. Walk in love and move on. But it says that we need to bless them that curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you. Hmm, that sounds familiar. I think we've all been despitefully used before, haven't we? What's the feeling you had after that? Oh, oh. Was it the feeling of what we thought was justified or is it the feeling that Jesus had? Still loved them, looked beyond their fault, and we saw their need. Amen. It says, let's move up to verse 35. It says, I don't think I gave you that one, so you can look it up. It says, but love your enemies. Okay, now he's moved from the one point. He's in, uh, I think I skipped some stuff here. I skipped a lot of stuff. That's, it just doesn't matter. Where we, what did I give you last? Matthew? All right, yeah, there we are. Okay, verse 45 says, That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. See, if we love them that don't love us, that despitefully use us, when we do that, that puts us in the place of being the children of the Most High God. Amen? It says, For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? It says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is, is perfect. Amen. We're never going to reach that full stature of, of being perfect in Christ if we don't love people. Pastor, he's been talking a lot about Zoe life. That, that's it. It's the real love. Amen. <clears throat> Luke 6, 27 and 28. Now here we've got the same, pretty much the same thing. But back here in Matthew, Jesus was speaking to the multitudes. Now he's speaking to his disciples. But he's speaking the same thing. And you know, when Jesus is repeating himself in the Bible, that, that, that brain makes a flag come up and says, hmm, we, bet we need to listen to this, amen? He's repeating this. You know, the disciples, I guarantee you, they was there with Jesus when he was speaking on the mount, speaking to the multitudes. They were there with him, so. but he felt the need. He needed to speak this to them again, them in private. Amen? So he's saying, but I say unto you, which hear, love your enemies. Do good to them which hate you, and bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And you jump on up into 35. 
It goes, but love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. I mean, how many times have you lent something to somebody and you never seen it again? How'd that make you feel? Did you operate in the love and go, oh, they must have needed it more? Or was you like, man, every time you see that person, like, that guy's got my stuff. That dude has got my stuff. I didn't give it to him. I let him borrow it. Isn't that, isn't that the easiest thing in the world to do? But, you know, that's not what the Bible's saying. It says we need to do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And then it says, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. We need to be compassionate for the ills of others. We need to walk in compassion. You know, I remember a time, Kimberly and I and, and my daughter, she was pretty young at the time, and uh, we had gotten out of church, went to have some uh, lunch, and we was, Kim was still ordering, and I, my daughter and I was sitting down, and there was a guy outside of the restaurant. A guy, you could tell, he'd been homeless for quite some time, and he had some issues, and he, he was scaring people, and my daughter was locked onto that, locked onto it. And I, got, and I got to use that. And I says, you know, I told her, says, honey, you see that guy right there? I says, that guy probably has a family just like you do. He's got a mom and dad. He may, he may have a wife and kids at one time. I says, but where is he, where he's at right now, he's made some choices. All of us make choices in our life. Every one of us have the power to choose where we want to go. He's made some choices. But I says, you know what? We got to watch what we do. We got to make sure we're making the right choices. But because he's made bad choices in his life and he's ended up in different positions, where he's at, does that mean God loves him any less? No. God loves him just the same as he does each and every one of us. And there's, my, my dad always made a statement to me growing up. He says, son, as long as you're still breathing, there's still hope. When you quit breathing, it's done. Amen? So as long as I'm still breathing, there's still hope for me, Brother Mike. There's still hope for me. Amen? Yeah. Proverbs 10, verse 12 says, hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covers all sins. See, that, that's why we don't feel no strife in here. There's no hate in here. We all come in here to get the same thing. What? Get the Word of God day in and day out. Take what pastor is giving to us every, every week. We should be taking that stuff home, reading it, studying it, mulling it over, getting it in our spirit. Amen? Even the stuff he preaches that kind of cuts you right there and makes you bleed a lot. I bleed a lot, a lot of times when he preaches. He's cutting me all the time. Uh, but, that, you know, without pain, there's no gain, amen? So if you, if you don't feel no pain, you're just in a coma. <laughs> yeah. But see, love, love covereth all sins. Like Pastor said uh, last services, it builds that bridge over, gets you to the other side, amen? Amen. You know, First Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says, and above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover a multitude of sins. You know, there, there it's repeated again. It's repeated again. You know, if we, if we want to be forgiven, the Bible says, forgive that we be forgiven. If we don't forgive others, God won't forgive us. Amen. So there's been times I've stood before the Lord and, or driving, just anywhere, talking to him. You know, asking him to forgive me because I was driving down the highway and some guy was in front of me doing 40 and a 60, and I'm screaming at him. 60, you moron! <laughs> Haven't done that lately. But, but I remember quite a few years back, and she'll tell you it's been a few years ago, huh? Amen? Okay. 
It's the only thing I did it on the way here this morning. <laughs> but you know, it was a great example. God will use your spouses to speak to you. Amen? He don't have to open the clouds up and go, Tony, you're not listening. He'll use my wife many, many times just in simple words. And I'm like, he spoke to me. I got stuck behind a guy. Someone in the fast lane, they weren't in a hurry. And definitely the dude in front of me was not in a hurry. <laughs> Pastor's thing is, is Jack in the Box getting stuck in the drive through line. Mine is driving in general. Amen. But no, you know, the, the funny thing was, as I look back at that, I got stuck behind this guy. And I'm, I'm 55 in this dude. And this, you couldn't see him. I mean, he was like tucked down. And I finally got around him. And when I got up beside him, I went to look at him. And I'm like, little old man, scared to death. <laughs> he got some bald-headed tattooed dude, 55 in him, man. And, and my, by, by this time, you can't see my wife because she's sitting on the floorboard. She's proud of me, you know. She's really proud of my progress at that moment. <laughs> and when I get beside this guy, man, my heart about fell out because I felt pretty bad. I figured out, man, because he's looking at me, and I'm like, all I could do is look at him. I'm sorry. And I went by really fast, and she spun up out of that seat. Boy, but you're proud of yourself, aren't you? And I'm like, all right, Lord, I received that. That was wrong, wrong, wrong. But you know what? If we get so caught up in what we want to do and how we want to get there and how quick we want to get there, that's what happens. We're not guarding our hearts. We're not, what's the matter? I might have got where I need to go 30 seconds quicker. whoop de doo That ain't no big deal, amen? So thank the Lord I've been delivered of that. But Yeah. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Let's move on over to John chapter 15. Verse 9, it says, As the fathers have loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Jesus is commanding us to love each other as he loves us. Not how we want to love him, as he loved us. Completely unadulterated love. Amen? It says, verse 13, right here, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You know, if, if I had trouble and my wife was, my, her life was in risk, I'd do whatever it took. That's my wife. I know I'd laugh, if I had to lay my life down so she could go on, I would. But how many of us can say that about our brothers and sisters in Christ? How many of us can say that, you know, like Brother Jim gets in something, am I going to be able to step up to the plate if it's needed to be? If I don't have what the Word of God says, probably won't. Amen? So when we get that Word in us and we get that, you know, we get that love in our hearts for God, we, we won't think about it. I think it's going to some, it'll come to something that it's just a decision you make. That greater love has no man than a friend who lay down his life for you. Amen? First John, third chapter, verse 11. It says, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him, because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. It says, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. How many know if you go overseas right now, they don't really like Christians too well, do they? There's people in the United States that don't really like Christians. 
But my Bible tells me, regardless if they like me or not, I'm still supposed to love them. I'm supposed to pray for them because, you know what, they have the same opportunity we have, and that is to come into the, the knowledge of Jesus Christ, amen, and come into the salvation of him. It, like I said, it's not too late for them as long as they're still breathing. They still have a chance to be having an eternal life with Jesus Christ and his Father, amen. So we're not to marvel when people uh, don't like us. We're not supposed to be, oh, I can't believe they don't like me. It says, we, <laughs> we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. We don't love our brethren. We're separated from God. That's what my Bible tells me when I read that. If I don't have love for Nelson, I'm separating myself from God because God is love. Amen? So if I'm not operating in his love, am I really operating in him or am I just doing things? Um, I'm fulfilling things of my own flesh, my own will, my own desire. It says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? That's what hit me really hard when I was coming out of Costco. About ready to walk past that lady that needed help. No one else wanted to help her. They had the same thought I, that initially hit my mind was, was I, I'm in a hurry. But I had to catch myself. I was listening. God had to speak to me. And I, I mean, I didn't get far. I had a couple steps, stopped. Like, all right, Lord, man, that's, I, I repent of that. That's not a right attitude. Go back and help. That's, that's where we got to be. Amen. It says, verse 18, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You know, we need to show people we love them, not by what we speak, what we say we're going to do, but our actions. Actions speak way louder than words. Amen. You can tell somebody something, but if you don't ever back it up, they're empty words. They're empty words. But by our actions, they'll know us, right? Amen. In closing, I'm going to go to the first John chapter 4. And I'm just kind of drilling the same thing over and over again. The reason I'm doing that is because... Man, God's really been hitting me hard about loving people, seeing people through the eyes of him. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. But right here, right here, this is what really hit me hard. It says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So I can be doing my Holy Ghost thing all I want, up here playing my guitar, feeling the Spirit, but if I don't have love in my heart, do I want to be one of those ones that stand at the end of my life before Jesus and said, but Lord, look what I've done. And him say, depart from me, I never knew you. You didn't have love for my people. How could I know you? Because God is love. God is not strife. He is love. He loved us so much, he sent his only begotten son that we all may have eternal life through him. Amen? Amen.